Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 196, Expanding Home and Family. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world. You are welcome, and it's good to be back with you. It's good to be back with you towards this end of June, where so much is happening that I'm going to share with you today. I'm taking on the theme of cancer, because the sun is now in cancer. We've just had a new moon in cancer, but it felt very relevant that we should talk about the principles of cancer. doesn't matter if you're don't have a sun or a moon or Mars in cancer, because this is really affecting us all. And it's affecting us all because the issues of cancer, which are home and family, are really coming to the fore at the moment. What does it mean to be at home? What does it mean to feel at home? What does it feel to be able to nest into someone and trust them? What does it mean to have family? Maybe your own family is not necessary the people that you would go to, to feel at home with. Maybe it is. But I think everything shifted around the lockdowns, over COVID, where there was an isolation from family and friends. And then people made choices to say, well, who are my family? Who are the people perhaps who supported me during COVID? Who are the people I spoke to? Who are the people who maybe made food for me? So we all have different ways of understanding what it means to have family. And I'm probably asking that of you now. What do your family have to do for you or your friends in order for you to feel at home, to feel that you're comfortable with them, that you trust them, that they're nurturing you, making you feel good? Because these are qualities that cancer carries. Now, esoterically, cancer is seen as a doorway that allows the spirit, the soul, to come here onto this earth. It's the passageway of the soul onto the earth. And it is seen to be the case that the Cancerian energy is particularly important for those who are vulnerable. In other words, the babies, the young children, and the elderly. So those Cancerian principles are those who nurture us through times of vulnerability. Now, that might be when you've been sick or when you've been grieving. Maybe you've just given birth. Maybe when you've retired. Maybe when you're down. And it's that Cancerian energy that someone might share with you, whether they are Cancerian in terms of their astrology or just that their heart goes out to you. They feel your pain. They feel what you're going through and they step forward and maybe they make you a cup of tea or maybe they make you something or they come and give you a hug. These are all Cancerian principles. So cancer has this wonderful way of knowing what's going on and being one of the water signs along with Pisces and Scorpio, it has an increased sensitivity. Now for cancer, its sensitivity is towards people who are unhappy. So you always know someone who has cancer in their astrology chart because they usually start by saying, 
I just want you to be happy. Be happy. And that can be wonderful. And it can also be something that they're wanting and they expect you to provide them with this. In other words, be happy because your misery is making me feel bad. Now, I have this way of saying, they'll be the first person who will pick up a tissue and give it to you and say, please stop crying. You're upsetting me. Now, that doesn't again mean that you have to be someone who recognizes you have a cancer in your chart. This is often what we call empathy, sympathy. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. Here's a tissue. Oh, don't cry. Don't cry. Be happy. <laughs> and that's wonderful. It feels so good until you realize perhaps you're actually calming down their emotions as much as they're trying to calm down yours. Have you ever been around with someone like that? Now, my dear mother, I don't know again if she had cancer in her chart, but she used to say, all I want for you, which I'm sure is true for many mothers, is for you to be happy. Wonderful. But you know, it put quite a stress on me because in my need to please her, <laughs> I would try and be happy around her and shade her from anything where I was feeling sad or miserable. Do you experience that in your life? Who are you, can you be around who can be comfortable with your misery and who doesn't try and cheer you up or change you? Because those people are really helpful. Yes, you still want those hugs. You still want someone to listen to you. but. You really want that their emotions are not getting upset by your emotions. In other words, they're not taking on your emotions in an empathic way. They're able to have good emotional boundaries and be able to be with your emotions without expressing their needs in your crisis. So what happens with a Cancerian, and again, I am maybe focusing a little bit more on those of you who have got Sun or Moon or Mars in Cancer, that when there is unhappiness or disharmony, that individual will prefer to go inside their shell or go under a rock, which is what cancer the crab tends to do. Or if you've noticed, cancers or the crab has these pincers and it will say, be happy, be happy. <laughs> so you can get a little nip to buy someone who has cancer in their jar because they'll be trying to make you happy. At the same time, they can become moody because they're taking on your energy and, and somehow you're not living up to what they're asking you to do, which is just to be happy. So you can often feel when a Cancerian is not happy because their mood will spread. Same happens with a Scorpionic individual. Now, I'm fine, except that I'm a passive-aggressive person who is spreading my energy. Now, again, it's not just if you have your sun sign in any of these things I'm talking about. It can be in many different places that rears its head. So if I am reflecting anything in you, side you, please take ownership of it. What causes you to maybe say I'm fine when you're not feeling fine? Or what makes you hide your emotions when really it would be better if you shared them? I'm just a happy, happy person, but everybody knows I'm not. Now, 
One of the important parts of being Cancerian, as I said, is family. And we often know that someone has cancer in their chart, my husband and I, when we visit their home because they have all the pictures going up the stairs or they have pictures all over the house of their family or they talk about their family. Family is important, wonderful. And then they might talk about their home. So a Torian talks about their house. You know, this is my house. These are, these are my possessions, my, 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 my possessions, my, my sitting room, my furniture. Whereas a Cancerian talks about home. They just want to go home, home sweet home. And in that home, there will be comforts, comfortable chairs, comfortable cushions, comforts, cookies in the jar, curling up, having someone hug you. Again, wonderful qualities. But if those needs become paramount over everything else, then they become a problem. And I have seen those with maybe Mars in Cancer actually almost smothering people around them with love and wondering why people pull away. Because it's almost like, if you love me, you won't be unhappy. All you have to do is please me. It can just be too much. And even though it feels as if all you're doing is offering love, it can feel so conditional. And so the higher level of cancer is coming to its new ruler, which would be Neptune. And Neptune, being a higher ruler, is real unconditional love. So it's moving that love. And this, again, isn't just talking about people who have cancer in their chart. For any of us, when our love comes from our solar plexus, and we don't always feel good about ourselves, because solar plexus is all about I am, I feel good about me, I'm okay. When we don't, then that lovingness, whatever sign we have in our astrology, is often conditional. If you love me, you will do this. Or when I did this for you, I need you to tell me I did it really well. Or I don't need your criticism. So whatever it is, it's like as if we give something, but we expect something. So when we take our condition, our when we become unconditional in our lovingness, we take that energy into our heart. And when we take it into our heart, there are no conditions on our loving. Now, I want to be really clear about this. This does not mean that you can do anything to me and I will not object. My lovingness is that I have no conditions on you. Therefore, I will act appropriate to what I'm receiving from you. Make sense? Unconditional love does not mean, hey, you can do anything. It means I have no expectations of you. Therefore, I will act in a very appropriate way to your actions. Very clean. No, no expectations one way or other. And I think that's where we often get into troubles where we're saying, well, I'm being so loving. I don't want to upset them. There's conditions. I didn't want them to feel I wasn't a good mother. There's a condition. So when we can be true to ourselves and say, I know I'm a good mother, I know I'm a good person, and I know they're a good person, but in our interaction, we need to be honest, then we really have unconditional relationships and unconditional love. And that's where Neptune acts. And Neptune is very in the forefront of what's going on at this moment. So Neptune on the 28th of June has gone retrograde. And when any of these big planets go retrograde, it takes about a week or 10 days before and then 10 days after that date to really settle down. Now, we've been working with Neptune in Pisces for a long time. 
and it will continue to be there. But as they go retrograde, the energy of a Neptune Pisces really expands. Now, you remember I've said that Pisces is about unlimitedness. Neptune rules Pisces. So it's like it, in our expansion into space, our expansion into these worlds of virtual reality, holograms, quantum holograms, everything that's going on in our technology, this expandedness is part of that Neptune Pisces. But it's also the reason that we had in this country 100,000 people die of, of overdoses of drugs. So it's a very addictive energy. It's a disassociative energy. It's an inability to stay on this planet energy. So when Neptune in Pisces around, it expands us, but it can be often very difficult to stay grounded or rooted into Mother Earth. So we've seen these addictions come out, made worse again by lockdowns, people isolated in their homes. What are they going to do? They're going to do ABC. And we've seen the results of that. But we've also seen that isolation that comes. Now, that is only the downside of Neptune Pisces. The positive side of Neptune Pisces is we are unlimited. We are one with everybody. And I was listening to Matisse Desmet, who I've spoken about before, who was the psychologist who talked about mass formation or mass formation psychosis that other speakers have now talked about, Robert Malone, et cetera. Now, he was the psychologist, the, the doctor who talked about how when people are taken away from what they understand, their job, their way of life, which happened in lockdown, you can't go to work, you can't meet these people, people go into a space of, well, who am I? And if there's nobody at home, they've never experienced themselves outside their job or their family, then they go into a state of free-floating anxiety. Who am I? I don't know who I am. And as long as someone comes along and then says, oh, I know who you are. You're the person who got vaccinated. You're the person who's on the side of, of Ukraine, Russia, this or this. I'm just giving a whole lot of examples. Basically, when people are in this space of shock where they don't know who they are, they've got free-floating anxiety, it's then that you see leaders step in, as we saw with Hitler, and take a group of people who were disorientated, confused, they weren't following the path they thought they were going to follow, and then they give them a new lead, follow me, this is the way to go. And everybody goes, oh, thank goodness that person came. And so it's a way in which mass formation is really a way of settling our boundaries, getting back into control. Phew, thank goodness, I know who I am now. Not because I'm following my beliefs, but someone else has given me a set of beliefs that I can follow. And that's what's been happening, I think, certainly over the last few years. This sense of stirring us up to a place of breaking down who we thought we were and then giving us something that we can run after, a carrot. Yes, 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 I can become that. I, I'll do that. Because without that, I feel completely disorientated. And he speaks about how it's our rational mind that seeks this, this structure, this identity again. And I would go along with that because when I'm working, especially with women, since that's been my focus for the last few years, and I say, okay, on the first day of the dark moon, on the first day of your period, I want you to let go and disconnect from your outer identities for one day. 
and reconnect to your inner self, uh, the deeper sense, and then to the great mother's ocean of possibilities, that disconnect is the most difficult part that I am saying. I might as well say to them, now just fly to the moon and back and do it in two hours. Because we don't always know that we've become so needy of our identities that we've actually disassociated from our fundamental nature. Dr. Des Mattis Desmond was saying that that's the problem. It's almost like we've gone so far away from nature that we don't know how to come home, to come back from that energy that just feels natural. And he said, those natural rhythms that I talk about with women, those natural rhythms, even it might be seasonal, those natural rhythms of sleep, all of those things that our body knows how to do. But when we have literally been told, shut down on that and, and follow these rules, it's almost so difficult to come home. And that's why it felt so important today to share about expanding home and family really isn't about physical, you know, personal expansion, although that I hope is happening for you. But it's like, what does it mean to feel at home? And this isn't about leaving this planet and, and moving out, or I'm all for that. But this is, can I feel at home inside myself? Is there someone at home? Do I exist beyond my identities? Do I have a sense of inner family? Again, that doesn't have to be guides or spirit beings or star beings, but am I familiar with myself? Do I feel familiar with my cells, my organs? You see, the family is here. And if we understood it, the universe is here. It's not out there. That's a belief that we've been told, disassociate from what's natural. And it's what shocked me so much when I was listening and watching these films on birth and birth control. All of them were designed to separate us from the natural. All of them were saying the natural is null and void. It's immature. What's mature is technology and the ability to do blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's where if you were unvaccinated or let's say you had natural immunity from having had COVID, you're seen as a lesser citizen. Natural, that's boring. Vaccinated is what's really great. And I don't want to say whether what choice you might make, but I just want, to want you to understand natural is not immature. It's not childish. It's actually the way home. So whether it's you eat natural food or you have natural love or you, you do something in a natural way, a spontaneous way, that's what you want to return to. Because once we return to that, we're not so influenced by those who give us instructions that are based on beliefs or identities that don't actually resonate with us deeply inside. And Dr. Desmond talked about how there is a fundamental, I think he called it an ethical humanity. And you might remember there was a time when I was talking about the difference between Jupiter and Neptune. Jupiter energy is very expansive. 
Jupiter primarily at the moment is in Aries, so it's expanding our ideas, expanding our risk-taking, expanding our... But it's, it's a lot to do with us. You know, so Jupiter expands us, whereas Neptune expands us in our universal sense, our soul. So Jupiter is almost the child of Neptune. So as this Neptune is making its turn, it's going retrograde, to me what it's doing is saying, okay, enough of this expanding of yourself. Now it's the time to expand into the family that is already around you that resonates with you. And he used the word resonance. What resonates with you? And that might be people, or we've had that discussion before, I've talked about this before. And you're recognizing as I am, well, you know, what makes me resonate with that person? Or what makes me resonate with that tree in nature? What makes me resonate with that idea? It's not that idea that's leading me. That idea is allowing me to know myself more fully. That tree is allowing me to know myself more fully. You might say, well, that sounds a lot like you again, like I was talking about Jupiter. But in truth, what it does is every time I meet myself in the outer environment, I'm expanding myself inwardly. I'm becoming more familiar with myself. I'm more at home with myself. When I associate to something just through the mind, I may not even notice that I'm not resonating with it if I see it only as a safe haven for this constant anxiety in my head. So where we are now looking at is, where do I repeat those questions I ask? Where do I feel at home? Where do I feel I'm resonating? Do I resonate with my family? Again, we all agree we might have different ideas, but do you feel safe in expressing your ideas? Do you feel that you can be yourself even if your ideas are different? Because that's what it is to have a family. So we have cancer in the, the sun's in cancer at the moment. We have Neptune turning in Pisces. On the 1st of July, we have Mars and Pluto squaring. We've had this before, but Mars is in Aries, which is, I want to say, very masculine energy again. Let's go forward. Let's move. Let's passion. Much more warlike. And we might say that Pluto in Capricorn, and I know I've different astrologies will diff, say different things. To me, again, this is a, a very deep crone-like energy, Pluto, that is transforming organizations. And one of the largest organizations, apart from what we're seeing in the political, legal, teaching fields and medicine, is the Constitution of the United States. And so, as I've talked about before, Pluto today is transiting where Pluto was when the United States was formed. And it will touch in again in July, and it will touch in again in December. So if you live in the States, or if you, even if you don't, and you haven't heard at the talk about the Constitution, then you are, you've had your head under the sand, in the sand. Everything's about the Constitution. What is the Constitution? It's the identity, the plan, the construct, representing Capricorn. Pluto in Capricorn is saying, is the construct that created the United States, the, the blueprint, does it still stand for something? Is this needing to be transformed? Now, obviously, you could say, does it need to be got rid of altogether? 
I don't think that's always a good idea. I think it's everything, whether it's a family, whether it's your own self, there's a, there's a basic construct of what we call a universal truth, a universal connection that said, am I following universal laws? Am I following these ethical laws of being human? Am I following ethical laws of being American, British, Australian, wherever you live? Everybody needs some form of construct, but it needs to be one that applies to the people now. What is appropriate now? And I can see in the States, we're going to see far more of that happening, of, of discussions, and we're already seeing that. First Amendment, Second Amendment, Bill of Rights is all coming up. What is appropriate? And I can also see, and I, I really was just showing this, that Pluto in Capricorn could also say that what we call United States may actually break apart, just as the Soviet Union did. Or you might say the European Union will eventually break apart. Because a union is just another corporation. It's just another institution. So is what's happening, Pluto affecting the Pluto of the United States, actually going to cause a breakdown of the structure? Are some of the states going to divorce themselves from other states? I think we've already seen that happening. So... I was seeing that this could go on and maybe be happening around 2025, 26. So just watch this space. I know you all are. Now, there's two other final features I want to point out. One is that we also have Black Moon Lilith in Cancer at the moment. And at the time of the new moon, it was absolutely conjunct the new moon at that time on top of the moon and the sun. Now, Dark Moon Lilith is what is hidden inside you. Black Moon Lilith is what is hidden inside you that isn't very nice. It's much more of the dark goddess energy. So when the, the Lilith, the dark moon Lilith, excuse me, the black moon Lilith is in cancer, it's actually bringing to the surface some of the darker, uh, less pleasant aspects of females and the feminine in general. So even though, as I say, cancer wants to say, we love everybody, everybody's happy. When Black Moon Lilith is in cancer, it's saying we're not always so nice. So I think what's showing up is actually some of the jealousies, some of the competitiveness, some of the bitchiness that happens amongst women. And in my understanding of womanhood, we will never get through that glass ceiling until women stop bitching and on each other until we stop cheating on our sisters by cheating with their husbands. We need to stop that and stop telling each other that we're all so kind to each other. And one of the reasons that this happened, and I've explained this before, is that women were set up to be competitive 3,500 years ago, where prior to that, women lived very much in harmony and community with each other and with men. So it was only around 3,500 years ago that women started to have to compete in order for the survival of their children. So we need to go back to the idea that I don't need to compete with you if we all take care of each other and I'll take care of your children. But if we see it in a hierarchical system where, if I may say, a man is actually deciding how I will live with you, another woman, in other words, we're being asked to, to compete with each other, for the favors of the patriarchy, we will never get there. 
And I'm hearing the stories about women who may have chosen to have an abortion because they were told that if you have a baby, then you will no longer climb up that ladder. Now, lots has changed over the time, but there is so much happening that is not natural, is, is really saying that feminine or being a woman is not a good thing and every other woman is a threat to you. So I want to say that I think one of the ways through is for us to be honest, especially amongst women to each other, honest about how we relate to our mothers, our sisters, our cousins, our children, our grandmothers, our, because it's only when we start to actually share and not allow ourselves to be uh, influenced or manipulated by the patriarchy that we will actually start to have reality step through. And this brings me to my final piece, which is actually Eris. Eris is in Eris. Eris is also having a relationship at the moment with, with Mars and Jupiter having gone through Eris and has relationship with other of the planets. But I know that I often hear that Eris is described as the, the go-getter in the feminine because it's in Aries at the moment. But Aries, again, just to remind you, was set up by the patriarchy to create tension and competition between the goddesses, Artemis, Athena, etc. She stirs up women. So I'm suggesting that at this time, and you're hearing me say that, there is a lot moving on here. I think this is a lot to do with feminine. I think this isn't about necessarily stepping out and in terms of becoming more powerful in a man's world. It feels to become more powerful in a woman's world. It feels that it's a, if we want to take back some of the power, then it isn't about fighting the men. It's recognizing that we should stop fighting the women. So I finish with those ideas. I hope that's been interesting to you. And fundamentally, whatever you know, astrological sign, whatever sex you are that you're listening with me, this is about resonating with family. This is about coming home. This is about expanding ourselves in a true Neptunian way to saying, who is my family? And my family is not aligned just to a physical family or an emotional family. We are all family. We belong with each other. And how we treat each other is how we're going to be treated. What we do unto others, we do unto ourselves. I would love a day when we actually are sensitive enough not through an emotional way, but just pure sensitivity where we say, why would I do something to someone else that I know would hurt me if I did it to me? Let us stop hurting others without the sensitivity to know what that feels. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Heart Speak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. You share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.